up and off to the right, a glimpse of the possible, or just a stray shadow? I mean, I was writing it while I was walking down the aisle. You know, it's not there's like, so you know you gotta give me a glimpse of the possible. A glimpse. I was like that Eric Brand. He's at it again. No, I was just noting uh, how handsome this band was and how uh, talented they were. That Mercy Machine. Amazing. Yeah, on all uh, seven cylinders tonight. Yes, we are absolutely delighted to have Angie singing with us tonight. Thank you so much, Angie, for being here. And um, folks who go way, way back in House of Mercy history will, re- will likely remember Mr. Mike Schultz, who is a bassist in the House of Mercy band. And he's, uh, he's playing electric guitar tonight, which is fantastic. Wow. So glad you're with us. And also, on the other side of the coin, we have somebody leaving the band. So Eloise is retiring from Mercy Machine today. So mm. we've been so glad to have her playing bass and fiddle with the band. And... Uh, She's going to be our special guest as well today. But Elise, thank you so much for being in the band with us these last few years. I didn't have much of a choice. (laughs) It was an opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see everyone here. It's nice to get here when it's light out, isn't it? It really is nice. I love that. Yeah. You know, we don't have a program, but you can follow along in the House of Mercy hymnal if you want. The order of service is here. Or actually, too, we do have a program. It's just electronitized. Oh, that's right. You can go right to our website and click on the program, and it'll give you all the information you need to really have a rich and fulfilling service. Does it even give you the up-to-date information for this Sunday? It does not have my opening reading. Okay. But it does does have the hymns and whatnot. Yeah. All right. Whatnot. Yeah. I didn't even know that. No, hey, yeah, it's good. We're going modern. (laughs) Speaking of modern, I want to say hello to everybody watching the stream, to all the shut-ins there. We pray for you, and I uh, hope to see you uh, back here soon, or, you know, stay home. But we're just glad you're watching us, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have everyone here in all those forms. Next week it is. It's Moss next week, and Moss is the uh, ancient blending of uh, occultic rituals and Christian tradition, um, whereby we acknowledge that uh, we are in some darkness and we need some light that comes from our community and from beyond us. So as part of the ritual, all please bring candles with you and we will come as part of the liturgy. We'll light them here and uh, you can bring them home and always, as you light them at home, remember that uh, the spirit of the community and the spirit of uh, the risen God, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that, a God, Jesus, Jesus, our Jesus, our, I would call him our Jesus, um, will be with you. Yeah. yeah, and the love of the community. Yeah, I mentioned that. That was the easy oh. part. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? If you forget a candle, all will not be lost. We have so. a bunch of candles. Yeah. Yep. Donated from our Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Oh, hey, as speaking of our Jesus, we have a guest announcer. Ann Britt, are you here? Here she comes. A little walking music. All right, here she is. Uh, hi, Reverend Russell. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Um, well, I would like to just uh, start off by saying it's pledge time, guys. Yeah, so. Absolutely. 
We are kicking off our pledge drive season. Um, so that means that it's time to look at maybe your pledge if you had one from last year, and if not, to consider being a sustaining member of House of Mercy so we can keep the mercy going. Um, last year, some of you know, we got PPE loans, um, and that helped to sustain our community. But of course, this year, those aren't coming in. So um, we need donations to make sure that we're able to do all the wonderful things that we've been yeah. able to do for this past year. Yeah. Um, like having live services, having our podcast, yeah. having the streaming. Right. We had Feast of Jonah. Feast of Jonah. Great Christmas pageant. Story just concluded. That Christmas yes. pageant was fantastic. And then, of yeah. course, Reverend Debbie, her incredible uh, book, book reading. Launch. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're making our way back to a, uh, a in-person community and also expanding ourselves as a um, out-person community. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let me ask you this, Ambrit. Uh, how do you pledge? Let's say I want to pledge. I've never pledged before. How do I do it? Okay, there's some really easy ways to do so and some new ways. So first of all, going to houseofmercy.org. That's a really easy way. Like you can go onto the website. It's very clear. There's a donate. Put in your information. Um, the site is a little more cleaned up now than in the past, too. Yeah, well, if you haven't seen the new uh, the updated website, Slick, you can get the streaming, you can get the program, you can donate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then another cool way is that um, by the oblation receptacles, there are QR codes there. So you can take your phone, you can scan that in, and it brings you right to a donation. And it's very, I did it, and it's yeah. super easy putting in your information, you can do it just one time for one time donation, or you can figure out like it, it asks for frequency too. So you could do set up a monthly pledge yeah, that way really, as well. Yeah. So yeah. easy ways to donate. What if I have been already donating? Do I got to go through that again? Um, so one of the things to consider is, uh, you know, if this year has been a really hard year for you and you feel like you need to push or pull back a little, or if you feel like, hey, this year I can give a little more, um, look at your pledge, make sure that it is what you're thinking that you're pledging, and consider upping if you can. Um, so I would say still go on to there. Okay, check um, it out. Yeah, and All check right. it out. Uh, so that's, yeah, that would be what I would do. All right, um, anything else you'd like to say regarding this? Um, I would like to say a big thank you to this congregation yeah. for continuing to make the mercy happen, um, continuing to have uh, youngster classes and this amazing community where we get compelling sermons, amazing music, and just all of you here together. So, yeah. yeah. So this is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it.
God of mercy, we could stand to be amazed at gracious words, surprised by the depth of your mercy, shaken by your love. But you know, even if all we hear is a little drop of hope, we're eager for all and any good news. Help us hear mercy. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Let's share a sign of pandemic-appropriate peace. All right, so I'm special music today. Uh, my brothers and I play Irish music, the Center for Irish Music. It's by Can Can Wonderland, um, if you know where that is. And I'm going to play a couple tunes for you. Um, I think the first one's real, and then the second one is a jig. Um, they're called Mayor Harrison's Fedora. Now Irish tunes are kind of funky. And then the other one is called the Monaghan Jig.
I invite you to join me now in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer petition with God in your mercy, and I invite you to respond here our prayer. God of mercy, to you who passes through rage unharmed, we pray that we will not be bent and distorted by our rage, or fury at injustice, or perhaps something much less righteous than that, some sort of intolerance for broken humanity. And we pray that we will be unharmed by the rage of those who hate us, or dislike us, or find us lacking, offensive, or merely annoying. We all need love, the child inside us, the weary adult. Help us be better at giving love freely and receiving it gladly. Help us feel safe enough to sink deep into the mercy. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, help us to realize the extent of your mercy, that it's not only for some, like the least offensive or the people who try their hardest, or for those who are able to function for the most part as compassionate beings, but for the very worst of us. Help us recognize the extent of your mercy and help us live there rather than in judgment. However uncomfortable the mercy may feel, help us embrace it and extend it to the depths of our sin and our enemy's sin. And may the mercy help to make this world all over again redeemed. God, in your mercy. We pray for those whose jobs are hard and not always very rewarding, for those who work for little pay and not always a lot of respect. Heap some sort of satisfaction upon their heads. And we pray for some semblance of equity or traces of incalculable peace that has the capacity to fill everyone and everything. God, in your mercy. Help us access gratitude. We may be too depressed to find it or lonely or afraid, but we pray that you might be able to reach through the barriers. Sometimes it feels like it would take a miracle. We pray for miracles then for the most hopeless, for those in terrible pain, for the dying and the demented. May your love find all the cracks, every little opening it can, to enter and heal and spread into the bodies and hearts of the suffering. God, in your mercy. As we pause for silence, help us bring to mind for whom and for what we need to pray. Lead us to the mercy. Amen. Jesus walked this lonesome valley. He had to walk it by himself. Oh, nobody else could walk it for him. Had to walk it by himself. You had to walk.
Uh, Tonight's reading is from Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all were speaking well of him, and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was done in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. The word of the Lord. Epiphany, week four. As you might recall, Epiphany is the eight weeks of the church calendar between Christmas and Lent. The season of Epiphany, in the season of Epiphany, we read passages from our holy book in which it is revealed that Jesus, the human person, son of Nazareth, is also Jesus the Christ, the Holy Messiah, God incarnate. This week's episode, episode four, the rejection at Nazareth. Now this is the very beginning of Jesus's journey on the way, his mission, his call, his ministry. He's already been baptized by John. He's then been led by the spirit into the wilderness where Satan tempts him to reject the call and pledge his allegiance to his flag. But Jesus stands tall. He won't give up the call. So again, the spirit leads him to Nazareth in Galilee, his hometown. He arrives on the Sabbath, heads straight to the synagogue. And when folks see who it is, hey, look, it's Jesus. We've been hearing great things about him. Oh, our hometown boy made good, Jesus. They ask him to read from the scroll and maybe say a few words. This is the perfect time and place for Jesus to kick off his mission, his calling, to get his start on the way. They hand him the scroll. Go ahead, Jesus, you got this. Show us what you got, show us the way. No way, yes way, Jesus. Jesus unrolls the scroll and he reads this beautiful passage from Isaiah, announcing the ushering in of the year of Jubilee, where all will go free, be redeemed, restored, peace with justice. This is the perfect passage to announce the start of his calling. It's like Joe Biden at the Scranton Amtrak station kicking off his presidential campaign. It's perfect. When Jesus is done reading, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, 
and to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of Jubilee. Maybe you remember it from last week. He rolls up the scroll. He gives it back to the scroll handler. He sits down, probably in that uh, Zen position. And the texts say that the eyes of all the synagogue were on him. There's palpable electricity in the room. Then Jesus makes his big announcement. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I'm the guy. I'm saying I'm the one that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed to usher in the year of Jubilee. Me, sight to the blind, that's me. Release the captives, I'm that guy. Oppressed, I'm the one to set you free. I do now here proclaim the year of Jubilee is on. Now what happens next is uh, not completely agreed upon. Exactly how it went down is disputed, reputed, debated. The commonplace reading, and it's a good one, one you might find uh, with your steady, everyday exegetes, it kind of goes like this. Hometown folks respond by assiding to each other, hey, this is our own guy. This is Joseph and Mary's kid from down the block. If he's the miracle-working Messiah, then we got it made. Hey, Jesus, do us some free miracles. And Jesus says, no way. My way is not for you because you don't really get it. A prophet is not honored in his hometown. I'm the prophet, you're the hometown. You guys are bad, you're not honoring me. No miracles for you. Hometown synagogue folks, they're angry, obviously upset. I mean, and then so quickly, they become a mob from synagogue to mob like that. And they chase him out of the synagogue, out of town, up a hill to the edge of a cliff to throw him off and then He disappears like in some bit of magical realism. He moves right through the crowd and is on his way. Okay, well maybe in the Bible it's not referred to magical realism when it happens. It's, uh, you know, a miracle. So he goes, Jesus then moves on his way after escaping these, this almost certain death. He goes to the next town over, Capernaum, obviously Nazareth's main rivals, and he starts doing miracles like a straight-up messiah. I mean, Capernaum, they know how to respect a prophet. You know what I'm saying? Episode 4, Epiphany, the rejection at Nazareth. Now, see, what makes that version of the episode of episode 4 debatable is, well, just simply a straight reading of the text. You know, it doesn't really say any of that, this standard reading. That's not what is happening in this text. What is happening is that Jesus shows up to his hometown synagogue folks and starts a fight with them out of nowhere. Like, it's right there in the text. The hometown folks, they're excited. They actually are honored to have him in their hometown synagogue. I mean, they ask him to read. They're proud, you know? And after he reads the text, they're really proud. They're like, can you believe this is Joseph and Mary's boy? So wise and so handsome too. Little Jesus, little tiny Jesus, the anointed one of God, who'd have thought? 
the text says that all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. Well, Jesus changed their mind real quick. He says, no doubt you will say, doctor, heal yourself. Do miracles for us that you're doing for other people. They're like, we, you're a doctor? We didn't say that. What do you say? What do you mean? What, what, we didn't say that. We're just like, you know, you're so good with the reading and the talk. We're so proud of you. And, you know, but he goes on. He, Jesus accuses them of being selfish, you know, being, demanding that, that they get these miracles. Then Jesus demands that, uh, you know, when they say, do for us what you did in Capernaum. He doesn't say that. Jesus says that's what they're saying. And then Jesus accuses them of demanding that he prove himself to them. You know, do for us what you did there. Show us. They don't say any of that. Jesus is saying this what they said. He's trying to rile them up for some reason. He's trying to start a fight with them. This is like his parents' friends and stuff, you know? And then he goes on further to give them historical examples of why he's not going to do miracles for them. And God probably wouldn't do any miracles for them. And no probably would do miracles for them because they're just bad people, I guess. He says, you remember this, right? The, uh, the, uh, the widow of Seraphath when, uh, in, from Sidon when there was a great famine all over the land in Israel and the lands beyond. Many widows were hungry in Israel, but Elijah did not feed any of them. He left and went to the country of our enemies and fed and cured that widow, a foreigner, not you guys. He says like, yeah, and in the time of Elisha, there's many lepers in Israel, and Elijah leaves Israel, goes to Naaman, and heals Naaman, who happens to be the head of their enemy's army. Not you guys, Jesus said. No prophets, like me, I'm a prophet, of Israel performs miracles for, for these people. The same way I'm not performing for you. Maybe I'll perform for maybe Israel's enemies, but not you hometown people. Yeah, you can't make me. They're like, what the hell with this guy? Like, nobody asked him to do any miracles, man. We just, like, read, talk a little. What is going on? Like, we did not ask you for any miracles. Then Jesus, he keeps pushing, and he finally gets them mad. He gets them really mad. They start out excited and proud of him, and then he, like, starts a fight with him. To what end? He, and he's, you know, he's the Messiah, so he's really good at making people mad. He can do anything. Um, they're super mad. They're so mad they run him out of town and they try to throw him off a cliff. Episode four, rejection at Nazareth. They didn't reject him. Jesus rejects them. That's what happens here. Jesus goads them and he baits his hometown friends and neighbors until they lose it and want to kill him. They're hurt. They're angry, they're confused, and it seems maybe a little quick to murder. But they run him out there to the edge of the cliff, and he, he disappears. He makes his way through the crowd, 
and uh, goes off to Capernaum. This is the beginning of the way. This is the beginning of Jesus' mission. This is how Jesus starts his call. This is where he proclaims that he's ushering in the year of Jubilee. It just doesn't seem like it went that well. Why does he do this? Why is this recorded in the beginning of Luke's gospel? Why is this the way this messianic mission begins? I mean, did Jesus like blow it here? Very confessionally recorded by Luke? Or did, does he blow it up on purpose for some reason? Is it somehow necessary for him to completely sever ties with his hometown, his family, his family's friends? Is it somehow necessary for him to uh, completely, yeah, just have them want to kill him? It doesn't seem like jubilee. It doesn't seem like all is reconciled. It doesn't seem like peace with justice. It just seems puzzling. Last week we talked about how this text is haunted. It's haunted by this, this, this lack, this mystery, this, it does not come to fruition, this year of jubilee that is, has this impossible math that never is quite there, that has never happened in the past. Claims it coming now, there's no record of it ever happening. Jesus doesn't usher it in, it doesn't come. I feel like there just should be a better way to start this out. Central's never busy, always on the line. You may hear from heaven almost any time.
listening to the House of Mercy podcast. You can experience all this live every Sunday at 5. Check houseofmercy.org for all the details. House of Mercy is a church in St. Paul. You should come. It's not that bad. Tell the phone to me.